It's not easy being green Having to spend each day the color of the leaves When I think it might be nicer being red or yellow or gold or something much more colorful like that Welcome to the Vice of Issues, the foul-mouthed, spoiler-filled comic book podcast where we talk about comic books. I'm Sly. I'm Ryan. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. Here we go, part two! We made it, but did Hal Jordan? No. <laughs> last, last I heard, he exploded on Oa, and he's dead. <laughs> oh, well, in comics, I think that means he's permanently dead, so. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah. The, if there's no, no body, over. means he's definitely dead. That's yep. how it always is yeah. in movies and fiction, everything. <laughs> so we're continuing our thanks for killing my favorite characters giving special. Yeah. With the second half of Hal Jordan's 90s journey. Well, like we're uh, jumping around here, but uh you know, this, this is a, a very 90s era of comics where there's a lot of crossovers, yes. lots of shit like that. And like I, I don't know if you mentioned last time, but uh so before uh like at the end of we did mention last time because it was the last last issue, issue 0. How Jordan tries to recreate the universe in Zero Hour. We're not going to read all of Zero Hour because it's a long fucking story with a lot of shit we don't give a shit about. And we're going to jump halfway into another event called The Final Night, which is a, a much more accessible event. But the first half has nothing to do with How Jordan. It's all about uh, how... Basically, the sun is getting eaten by... Uh, a sun eater. The sun eater, yes. <laughs> Very inventive. And an uh, uh, alien from uh, a, a victim... An alien that was a victim of the Sun Eater, she flies around to different uh, planets, uh, different planets, saying, "Oh my God, Sun Eater's coming! Uh, please uh, try to find, f- flee or something." And when she comes to Earth, people are racist against her, and uh, she <laughs> learns like, and people, and, uh, and they blame her, like, "You brought the Sun here, you piece of shit," because you know human beings are scum. Yeah, it's kind of like a standard pariah is blamed for the warning. Kind yeah, kill messenger shit. And it's actually like one of the quieter comic events I've it ever is. read. But uh, but like I said, it has, uh, it's all about her like learning. A, first thing, humans are bees of shit because they all blame her for the Sun Eater. But then slowly, she sees like all the superheroes and all the good people on the streets in this uh, uh, near apocalyptic times. And she's like, "Oh, humanity's good." But since that's nothing to do with Hal Jordan, we're gonna cut to the part where Hal Jordan comes in, which is Emerald Knight. Yeah. So there's a one shot. It's written by Ron Mars, who we talked extensively about last time, and the art's done by Mike McCone. And then we're also gonna talk about the last issue of Final Night, which is Carl Kessel and Stuart Amonin. I like how whenever we try to read a story, you guys are like, you're going to have to read issue four of this and issue seven of that and then this one-shot series. Right to, 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 to be fair to uh, uh, the medium, comics aren't like that anymore, but at the 90s when uh, comics first started branching out, people started crossing over and shit like that. This, it was really weird to read comics. Also, Emerald Knight was in the trade, so it kind of, it reads like just this issue, like it reads like part of it. So, like, if you were reading it at the time, it would be more confusing. But, like, now, if you got the trade, it would have that issue yeah. in it. And, I just, I, yeah. it's more like, I, I think about how it was originally published, like, in, like scattered across yeah, the Yeah, it sucked. Yes. It really sucked. It comics really sucked. Like, uh, at least with reading these comics, it was actually kind of streamlined. There, were, there weren't a lot of, you know, the asterisks at the bottom of, like, yeah. you need to read this and you need to read this. Except for the one part where they're like, Mongol's dead. Check out Underworld Unleashed. What was with that? (laughs) Because I was like, Mongol seemed like a pretty, you know, major character. He was involved in the destruction of Coast City. And then Hal's like, yeah, he's dead now. I was like, oh, I guess. 
guess it wasn't important. One thing to keep in mind is we did, Final Night did come out in 1998, so we have skipped, like, three or four years since last episode. Yeah, a lot of shit happened. Like yeah. Said, like, uh, three even Hal happened. says that he fought uh, with Kyle one more time after the sun blew up, or Oa blew yeah. up. Yeah. There were, there were three more events after, like, major DC events, and Kyle met Hal one more time uh, in a story called Parallax Fuse, clever title. But uh, <laughs> and, and that was a really that was a pretty decent story where uh, Hal fought Kyle and basically Hal got the ring back, but Kyle basically kept fighting him even after he lost the ring, and basically Hal started beating up all the other superheroes like uh, Ganfit the Guardian started something every single superhero like uh, Superman, uh, Green Arrow, Flash, Aquaman. He basically something like having throwing every superhero at Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan was basically killing all his friends. And he's like, wow, I'm a shitty superhero. Here, you can have the ring back. Like, he realizes, like, <laughs> I've, I've, I've really gone too far at this point. So it was yeah. like, um, what was it? Emerald Twilight, except he was he didn't kill everyone. And then he's like, I shouldn't he, do this. Yeah, he's like, I mean, like he realized he's doing Emerald Twilight again, even after he asked for a second chance, basically. <laughs> Has yeah. he appeared yeah. often, like, between those years? Or is that, like, one of his only appearances? He, he, so they, they were very sparse, which I think was a great idea, not to yeah, spam definitely. it. Like, every once in a while, he'll show up and be like, uh, you reminded... This very tragic story about this guy who once was a hero. Now everyone thinks he's a villain, and he murdered all his friends and shit like that. Yeah, Hal Jordan did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, Emerald Twilight begins, and it begins with Cyborg Superman flying up to the wall, and he has like this big what is the wall, crimson body. Oh, it's it's oh, the source. Wait, why are you asking me? I have no idea. Because <laughs> you said the wall. Cyborg Superman said the wall. It's it's a big wall of like these stone people that's protecting the universe from whatever this source is that the these stone guardians have tried to get it, and when they they do, they like become part of this, this big wall. It's like a bunch of like old gods. Or yeah, something. Like, like Titans. The old gods got like trapped trying to go to like God or something. Like, yeah, they call it the source, and uh, God actually will be relevant relevant in our retelling because afterlife shit will start coming to play. But yeah, uh, basically, it's in space, floating space, big wall of stone people attached to it. And if you fly past, you go to God. Uh, and if you try, if you reach God, you become a stone part of this wall. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a Jack Kirby concept. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's, it's, I think it's kind of cool too because it's like yeah. It's like kind of putting some material fantasy thing into the unknown and just being like, yeah, well, no one knows what's beyond this, but the the biggest creatures throughout the universe that tried to get there all are now just encased here. Do you know, yeah. actually, later on in canon, Kyle Rayner is the only one to ever make it past the wall and come back. Oh, yeah, cool. fun, fun oh, little fact cool, about Green cool. Lantern. He saw God. <laughs> <laughs> he saw God. Yeah, Hal Jordan. <laughs> anyway, um... Uh, Parallax shows up to see Cyborg Superman, and he's like, I'm gonna get vengeance for everyone that died from Coast City, and Cyborg sh- Superman starts shit-talking him, and then he just summons <laughs> a bunch of, like, all the, the dead of Coast City, like, the their green will versions, and they just surround him, and then, like, they combine into a little tiny ball, and he pops it. I thought this was really, like, you know how I was saying one of my gripes with the original massacre of the Green Lanterns was it was just so, like, a, such a lame, like, use of the power? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it think, was. I think in the ones we read here, like, the power is used cooler. Like, the, the fact that you can dream up anything is used more, like, like the idea that he's not just shooting lasers at, uh, at first they're just shooting lasers at each other, but then he, he summons, like Daryl said, like, uh, the everyone he killed... <laughs> Like, yeah, it's like we mentioned in the in the Twilight episode, the best uses of his powers was when you rebuilt Coast City because it's the most imaginative use of his powers, yeah. and yeah. you get that more often here. Like like we said, this, the dead are back, and they're all they all basically swarm cyborgs from man, turn into a ball of green energy, and then uh, uh, Parallax disperses the green energy throughout the cosmos, making sure he never can get rebuilt again. 
then after um parallax is wondering whether or not he should head for the source since he has like nothing left here and then kyle shows up and he gives him the rundown on the sun eater that they have to go back and save the home and that he's probably the only one that can really help since Hal's powers are kind of like just magic question mark. Be God. Yeah, like he can yeah, do Yeah, it really is crazy he how he's just like, ma- he's just godly now. He's just like, <laughs> basically anything that I want to happen happens. It's like the ultimate Green Lantern power. Yeah. Without 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 limits. Like, you know, charging a battery and mm-hmm. being weak to yellow. <laughs> so, uh, Hal's thinking about this more and what he decides to do is he goes and visits uh, everyone that he knew throughout his lifetime. Like, he just appears in front of them to talk to them. So he goes and sees Guy Gardner, who was a Green Lantern, and who is now a warrior, and he's, he's really, like, buff, which I never, at least from when we read uh, Death of Superman stuff, I never pictured Guy being, like, a really strong, like, they really nice man. Them okay, can I just comics LOL for a yeah. second here? So during Zero Hour, you know how he said they retcon like, weird little things, like Batman never caught Joe Chill and he was an urban hero and everything? Mm-hmm. They also make it where Guy Gardner discovers that he has Voldarian alien DNA oh. and now can make big guns out of his skin. Yeah, well, because, like, Guy Gardner had his own series at this time and it probably wasn't doing too well. So they, they, they 90s him up to make him uh, more popular with the kids. So they made him even more 90s and made him have guns and, and fucking... Yeah, summoning guns from your arms is pretty 90s. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. fucking cool. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I would read that. Yeah, me too. Um, so Hal... I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> he talks to the guy and he is asking him about like what he does. Like, why did he... Do what he does. I don't know how to phrase this. Because because uh, guy always uh, wanted, was always a hero, and everyone always saw guy was an asshole. Like we talked yeah. about in Mister Superman, he was an asshole. And but the guy never gave a shit. He was always like, I'm a hero, and I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. And essentially, what tells how like the reason why I kept doing what I was doing because like it was it was a hero. I don't give a shit what anyone else thinks. And uh, how was like that's a good. Well, point he was specifically saying it's the right thing to do. No, like yeah. if you know it's the right thing to do, it doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you do what you got to do. Guy Gardner's the best Green Lantern. Fight me, everybody, all our listeners. Uh, Hal Jordan's definitely best. Yeah, Hal Jordan's. <laughs> Hal Jordan's killing cool. everyone is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, but it's killing everyone to rewrite the universe to make it better. Yeah, which, that's which I, mean. I sympathize I, with. I actually really like. You know how I said his armor looked kind of lame after he turned into parallax. Yeah. I take that back. Like, him flying <laughs> yeah, around in this I in had this the same suit. opinion. I was like, <laughs> he actually does look pretty cool compared to everyone else. Yeah, he's flying around as God, just being like, what What? What will I do with this universe? <laughs> yeah. I really love I've, Mike McCone's art here. He only does too. this one issue, but I've always been a big fan of his. I, I want to say this was the first uh, Green Lantern comic I ever picked up. And the reason why oh. I picked it up was Mike McCone's art. Huh. So, uh, oh, yeah. that's cool. It, it is nice looking, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he, afterwards he visits Jon Stewart. The Black Green Lantern, who is now, like, he's handicapped. Like, his yeah. his legs don't work. And he, he'll never be able to walk again. And he talks to him, and he he basically says, like, thank you, because you were, like... I, it first felt like when I saw you that you were... I had a lot to teach you, but, you know, it was the other way around. You were teaching me a lot about things. And then, not to be racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not to be racist. <laughs> and then he gives him the ability to walk and then disappears. Which I'm like, I guess that's a, a fun little... Fun things of your powers. So no. <laughs> well, I was just thinking because I I think of like utilitarian terms of like now that he can walk again, I'm like now he he can get comics too. Oh yeah, that yeah. is what happens. <laughs> He's back in the comics. Um, and then afterwards <laughs> he goes and <laughs> visits Pie Face. No, we, first he visits the grave of Oliver Queen. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was a, that's a good that's a good textless 
page. Yeah, which is him yeah, dropping like down the roses for him. I actually didn't know who Oliver Queen was, but I'm like, <laughs> this whole scene actually, all these scenes, I'm like, I don't know a lot of these characters very well, but I could imagine if I was a Green Lantern fan really being taken by a lot of these because they, they're effective even when you don't really know the characters. Yeah, and you'd, you'd want to see him go and see everyone that he knew. Yeah, Fun yeah. fact about this this powerful textless scene of uh, Hal Jordan. Are you going to mention the fucking Green Arrow number one? Yeah. Okay, so, fuck you. so <laughs> Hal Jordan puts roses on Oliver Queen Green Arrow's grave and just like fades away and just it's just like a shot of the tombstone by itself. And then Kevin Smith took this and said, "Oh, but what really happened was he was reviving Green Arrow, and uh... but he didn't give him his mind back. So Green Arrow claws his way out of a grave as a crazy bearded hobo <laughs> guy, a crazy zombie guy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Great. Kevin cool. Smith podcast. Kevin Smith is a great writer, and that's that's good story." <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then after he visits Pieface, who is like he said that he would be his like Pieface is like his squire, you know, his Santo to his. All right, all right. Daryl keeps calling him Pieface, which was his original name, but <laughs> his actual name is Tom Calmaco, and I stopped calling him Pieface at this point because it's a racist term because he's an Eskimo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like a pizza face, like no, a joke because sixty comic guys are racist. <laughs> Yeah, so he was his, like, sidekick that he was the only one who knew who Green Lantern was, and he would always be like, jumping fish hooks, Green Lantern. Oh, so cool. and that's why he's talking about fish hooks. Yeah. yeah. I, see, I actually had a different, like, I, I know, I know Daryl, his his vision of Pie Face was really, or his view of Pie Face was not very good, but <laughs> I think because I had heard Ryan tell me about him before, I knew who he was already. I knew about the racial stuff. Uh, I knew about him being, like, his sidekick. I forever. didn't know anything. I was just ignorant. Yeah. Yeah, this was a. Uh, we'll get into it. This is a story of Pieface being elevated from a racist stereotype psychic to like an actual character. I like that oh, wow. Daryl said I was just being ignorant by not realizing that this was racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um. <laughs> so he goes and talks to him, and he, um, Tom's really excited because he like i i knew they weren't lying about you being parallax and everything and i've been writing a book about they weren't you. lying about you being parallax i mean they were lying about you being <laughs> yeah. parallax. i knew you're a parallax you scum i hate you <laughs> he has like 100 percent faith in him where everyone else is like fuck you hal jordan you killed all the green lanterns tom yeah is just like hey i knew you'd come back one day you're great yeah <laughs> yeah and hal feels bad because he he's like i tom deserves better than what i could give him yeah, yeah. And he wants to give him a good ending for the book he's writing. He's yeah, writing he even says, I'm writing a book. Uh, I'm going to tell everyone what kind of hero you are or something like that. And he's like, I'm going to try to actually give you a good ending for this. Like, try to. It's like obvious here. He's like, I need to do good to for the people who look up to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then afterwards, he leaves and then he goes and sees his ex, Carol Ferris. And I like that he appears in front of her, and then it's like, "Hey, w- like, would you want to hook up again? Like, would you just want to like, leave this universe? Because I can do that. I'm God." And she's like, "Come on, you know better." And he's like, "I'm sorry." I, I like also like that she's the only one that really uh, knew he was coming. Like she she sees him and she's like, "Oh, here you are." I, I, no, I thought that was cheesy because she I like has it. her like back to him and he appears silently, and she's like, "I know you're here." I like that. I like that he he he. She knew him well enough that he would try to do something. I, I think she could have said like, "I knew you'd be coming," rather than like, "I be, that, I know I you're here." When you'd be showing sense. up, it's a little cliche, but I I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, I am a sucker for this kind of stuff. Yep. And then uh, they kiss one last time, and then he disappears mid kiss, which is a dick move. Just yeah. <laughs> dick move, Hal. Can't yeah. you just wait like thirty more seconds? <laughs> yeah, thirty seconds. 30 second kiss, normal, right? 
Five minutes, right? Yeah. And then um, he goes and visits the ruins of Coast City, where he confronts one of the little blue guardian dudes who just appears. And it's like, he his absorbed body? his power in that yeah, last Yeah, okay. Story. He's like inside him, right? Yeah. In the story I mentioned where uh, Ganthic had sent all the heroes after him, basically because Kyle, he knew, Ganthic realized no superheroes can stop how Jordan, you know, Kyle can't stop him, he's a fucking scrub. I'll, I'll, I'll give my green energy, my, my entire being, you know, the, the, you know, the energy inside of me to, to Hal so he can leave the ring alone. That's basically what happened. So he absorbed uh, Ganthic. This is where to reveal that Ganthic's not no longer dead. He's, he's been just inside Hal's entire time, which is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah this this just com- this just sounds like like uh, comic book magic. <laughs> yeah. It is comic magic. Oh, oh wow, it sounds like comic magic. It is comic magic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is what a lot of this gets into, which is why I'm not like super huge on the the logistics of the story because it, it relies on Hal's powers that he can do anything he wants and stuff like we're gonna get into Last Will Testament is that it's a lot of like whatever goes goes and you just gotta yeah. roll with it. So he talks to Ganthet about um, the Guardians and that he. Ganthet apologized for the Guardians, but he's like, we did what we thought was right. Like, we were too hard on you, but we had these, like, rules for a reason and everything. It turns out, in hindsight, the rules that led to everyone dying, not the best. <laughs> he says, like, uh, you know, the fact we didn't cause your actions, but our strict rules helped lead to them, and so we're, we're par- at least partially to blame because of that, which I, yeah. which I think is interesting. Yep. He offers uh, Hal his ring back, but Hal says he doesn't need it anymore. Ganthet just blows up. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> He's like, you don't need it. Bye. I, think, I thought he, he just teleported away. But, yeah, uh, I think he teleports away. There's like a whole crater in the ground where he was. No, that's that crater there from Coast City. That's the Coast City crater. No, it's smoking. Whatever. Nightcrawler smoke smoking after Nightcrawler teleports to him. He's dead. You seriously thought that when Phil said he he died, he created the coast. <laughs> the Coast City crater. <laughs> no, just that little, that little blue guy. <laughs> no, because there's a crater in the ground. <laughs> no, but Slot was like that. that was... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, anyway, Gambit blows himself up and then <laughs> he creates the ghost. He tries to go city. Gambit tries to go city. We established that. Okay. Uh, and then um, Hal summons Kyle to him, and then he yep. says, "I'm I'm going to help you fix this." And that ends uh, the final uh, Emerald. I also have to say about his costume, I like how he has like gray hair on the side of his head. Me too. I oh, I'm such well. a big fan of the Mitt Romney look. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when, when they when they retcon most of these stories, they got rid of that and they made him look like fucking Ryan. We'll talk about this later, but they made him look young and act young again, and I hate that. But yeah, because he looks like yeah, you know, why, he's, he, he's taking on this. Yeah, like he's, he's taking old, on this. Like I, I'm. A god now, I've done all this crazy shit. Of course he's going to look more weathered than he well, did. Well, because when they brought him back from the dead, they made him back like to the hotshot pilot, devil may uh, care guy. Yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. Oh, devil may care. Looks like Even Richards. though I'm a huge, huge fan of all that stuff, this, like... You're a fan of the run, but you're not a fan of that hell, are you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The books are really good, but I much more like the, like, older, wiser hell. So Final Night, tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, so Final Night, number four. So Kyle, after he meets up with Parallax... This is the first meeting after he how rejected him the first time. Yeah, so now he goes back to the JLA. And the world is, I don't know if we said, like, uh, if we really explained, the world's ending and, and the, every scene you see is, like, just covered in snow, there's no sun, like, the world will just freeze to death. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, I, it's a kind of cool apocalypse scenario because it's like, it's, it's one that 
could like sons do die you know yeah like, it could happen yeah. also it's an event that the heroes can't do anything about like superman can't punch the sun into a big <laughs> right it's not like a big monster well it is it, it is, is a big monster, monster. <laughs> but it's like it's this like ethereal like thing that's like just killing the sun and like yeah. you well can't the fight. big monster kills the sun and then leaves like that the sun is just dead now and like I, the, the reason why I like this event so much is because they keep trying different things and they just keep not working. Like it's not like like you guys said, you can't just punch the sun so it wakes up. So what are these, some of these things they try, Ryan? So like Kyle went to the sun and tried to reignite himself, but he wasn't good enough. Like his Green Lantern ring couldn't do it. Lex Luthor says the sun is gonna go supernova because it's like recovering. And he has all these sciencey things. He has these force field devices that he has like a million of them that he wants to put it around the sun so that when the sun goes supernova, it absorbs the energy and turns it into a force field. So it gets and, like reflected back of the sun and the energy. Yeah, and he he basically says somebody has to be on the ship to like set the devices up and it'll be a suicide mission and i love luther in the scene because they're like well why don't you do it and he's like i could i couldn't do it i made it i'm not gonna go die even more now he's like he's like i'm not doing any pieces of shit i'm not gonna die i'm just screaming at them and yeah, uh, they're it, it, like he's he spends all this time and energy making up this plan to, to make himself survive. And he's like, now nah, I'm going to go fucking die to do I'm not going to fucking die to this shit. And then yeah, all, yeah. The, all the heroes are just looking at him grimly and they're like, it's very human of you, Luthor, which I think is a very cool scene. Yeah. So basically, Luthor picks Kyle to do it because he's like, oh, you went to the sun before and it was fine. So do it. And then Kyle's just like, never mind, bye. So that's why he went to go get Hal because he doesn't want to die. <laughs> no, no, he vanishes against his will. Because yeah, Hal, Hal takes him. Oh, that's right. That's right. Never mind. They're like, you do so, it. He's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah superman offers even though superman's powerless because he's powered by the sun and there's no yeah sun. i was one i didn't realize that until they said it like I, I was like superman could just fucking go fly these things around there <laughs> but no sun no power i get it yeah and then we talked about this a little bit like a year ago but all the legion of superheroes are here which are all the worst characters and feral lad does it yeah i don't know <laughs> basically superman feral offers lad. to do it and he's like writing writing his Goodbye later to Lois. But as he's doing so, Feral like, takes the saying, No, Superman's too important. I can die because nobody gets shit I, I think me, this literally. is kind of cool because, like, it, it's like you don't even know. They're like, Superman took off already. That's crazy. And they're like, Look, Contact him. And then she, someone goes to contact him and she's like, It's not him. And then it cuts to this fucking guy who's wearing, like, <laughs> what, armor. How would you describe that mask? It, it's like not even just armor. It's like it looks like Iron Man, the Iron Man one in Iron Man movie. His first costume, just a helmet that he built in a cave with scraps. Yeah, exactly. That and he's like, he's like, I'm, yeah, like, I, uh, Superman's way more important than I am. He needs to live on. And that's why, that's the reason why I think this is like an event that I don't mind it being like a bunch of characters you don't know because they, they play on it. Like you don't know who Feralite is, so he's killing himself. So you, you shouldn't give a shit about him. If you, what you what know. I kind of like about it is that they're specifically mentioning that he's like young and reckless. Yeah. And so he's like he's embodying that kind of the the go get it mentality of the superheroes where it's like you know I'll do this you know I'll step up and take take this burden upon my shoulders like all my great other superheroes do. Yeah. yeah. But actually my favorite thing about Feral Lad is that he needs to give some girl back a ring. Yeah. And <laughs> as he goes to the sun and he dies, <laughs> that's the his last thought. It's like how pure of him. Yeah. Basically, the, the, the device doesn't work. Like, it's like, uh, the, the ship's falling apart, the device is not working, and Farrell is like, shit, I didn't give her back her ring. <laughs> yeah. But then, Hal shows up. So then Hal shows up, and he's like, I'm here to help. And Batman's like, fuck well, he you. Well, he says, I know how important rings are, kid. And he gives him, he, he uh, gives him back the ring. Yeah. So, yeah, so he, he saves Farrell Lad, he sends him back home, he gives him the, the ring, and then he lands on Earth, and, uh, <laughs> 
he's like, I'm here to help. Don't worry. I'm Hal Jordan, superhero. And Batman's Hal's, like... Hal's giant in the scene he shows up in. Uh, yeah. Like, he's, like, huge. He's the size of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> and Bat- and Batman is such an asshole to him because he's like, no, you're a murderer. You can't just show up. We're not going to fucking trust you. And Superman's like, no, he's probably a good guy now. And Batman's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, and then Hal goes... And he he absorbs the sun eater, reignites the whole sun. It's and... it's a pretty cool scene too. Like he like 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 I said, he literally is standing on the sun, basically as a giant man holding little feral lad in his hand. Yeah, and yeah. He... And I like when Batman's like, "Oh, you're probably gonna reignite the sun and then try to be God and kill everybody again, aren't you, you asshole?" Yeah. And so he stands on the sun and he's like absorbing this evil thing and reigniting it. And he's saying the Green Lantern oath. It's pretty fucking cool. It's pretty cool. I was like, I, I'm. This is why I, was, I sent that text to you because I, I said in the message <laughs> I was sent that text to you because I was like, this and the next one. I'm like, I need rec- Green Lantern recommendations. Like, <laughs> yes, I want, I want to read more Green Lantern after this. <laughs> so then he reignites the sun and everyone's so happy and it just ends with Superman and Batman and Batman's being we, like, we should, we should mention that Hal's like gone. That they said He's like dead. they can't oh, yeah. detect his life signs anymore. He's yeah, dead. It, uh, well, this, not, since it's DC and there's gods and stuff in there, he's not fully dead. Dead. Yeah. But he's dead by like he basically Alex. comes back as the Grim Reaper. He's Reaper's dead like oh, yeah. how when Oa blew up and he died. But this is, this is more even more so that because now he's basically God's servant on Earth, like as punishment for being evil. Well, yeah. He gets, but... he gets he gets sent as God's angel on Earth. But yeah. before we get to that. Uh, Batman's Superman arguing on top of Daily Planet. And Batman says Hal didn't change. He said it himself he didn't change because Hal was, was says like I was, I was doing the right thing. I was trying to save the world even as even before he killed himself. And Superman says that sometimes people don't notice when they change. So and I actually really like that scene. It shows like uh, Batman and Superman in a nutshell where Batman's like oh you, you, people are scum and Superman's like oh people are good like they can change and be better. But I also like that it ends on the note of like Superman saying like he did like a great thing at the end where you know he saved all of us and then Batman as he goes away with the last word he says yeah if only he had lived as he died. Yeah. yeah. I think that's so good. I really do. Yeah I just I like this whole scene like the him reigniting the sun the explosion people looking up at this like green sun as the thing happens and then seeing all around the world people cheering for uh this you know being saved and then this this just this last dialogue between those two is a great way to bookend this well it's also just i i like the idea of like superman and batman analyzing another like hero's motives and them just showing like superman's optimism versus batman's pessimism kind of a thing yeah, batman even too. says don't make a martyr out of a murderer superman yeah, yeah. but and it's like he's right he's a fucking murderer yeah. but he saved everyone so it's like you have to you know it's a good dialogue to have like how should someone like that be remembered um, yeah you know and the way they redeem him is, and this is a recommendation that I have for everybody, even though it's never been collected, he becomes, like, they find him in the afterlife, and he becomes the host of the Spectre, who's like God's wrath of vengeance on Earth, and Hal turns it into the wrath of, uh, into the, like, not wrath, but like the God's redemption, because he's, it's basically revealed in his Spectre series that the because Hal's a big murderer, the guy, the alien that died to give him the ring is burning in hell forever until Hal redeems himself. <laughs> Because, because you know the, the, the pink alien from the movie yeah 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 the, the alien that died to give hal the ring gave the ring to a murderer so until hal redeems himself through like religion he he has to deal with his his spirit being in yeah, hell. God's kind of what that's just it's, weird it's Wait, awesome I, this is strange but anyway we're not talking about that stuff but it's really good 
So the story we are talking about is Green Lantern Legacy, Last Will and Testament of Hal Jordan by Joe Kelly. Um, which is a pretty mouthful of a title. Yeah. And uh, it was written by Joe Kelly, Brent, uh, Brent Anderson penciled it, and Bill Sinkowicz is the inker. And the thing that I want to point out is this actually, we don't often talk about standalone graphic novels, but this wasn't released in single issues. It was just released as a whole trade all at once. And, you know, I think it reads like that. It's not as episodic as most of the stuff we talk about on the show. We also mentioned uh, Joe Kelly is a really good writer. He's, uh, if you like Deadpool, uh, Deadpool is pretty much good thanks to Joe Kelly because Deadpool was created by uh, Rob Liefeld and he's yes. pretty much uh, Spider-Man of Guns. And Joe Kelly basically introduced a lot of his supporting cast. From the, like, if you watch the movie, a lot of his supporting cast would be with Joe Kelly. He introduces humor, and he made him a, uh, actually an emotionally rich character. So mm-hmm. Deadpool is pretty much I Joe Kelly's creation. I don't creation. like his dialogue that much. Joe Kelly's uh, Well, stuff. we disagree. I, yeah, <laughs> he I wrote just... my favorite Superman story. Joe Kelly's Yeah, my, my mine too. My favorite Superman story, too. You don't like, like, you don't like the narration either, or is it just the dialogue? Uh, just mostly the dialogue. Like there's there's a couple points where he says something and I feel like there's an easier way to get this message across that's not as confusing. And there's okay. there's a couple like jokes in there that like kind of went over. I I don't know if it went over my head or I just I just didn't understand it well. Well let's well let's get into the meat and potatoes <laughs> and talk about that. Uh, so it starts off with um just like. A few really big splash pages of the ring, the the what is it, the, the battery, whatever that thing's called. Yeah, uh, it's called the lantern. <laughs> okay, the lantern, That's and it's battery. it's giving in each page part of the Green Lantern speech. You know, brightest day and blackest night, and you see in the past, uh, like Hal Jordan fighting Sinestro in the city, and as the speech is going, then the next scene is just him, cry like crying as there's dead people all over where the battle happened, which is I think a really cool introduction to Green Lantern. How like his how he's not just like I was just a bad guy at, at the end. It's like he he went he sacrificed a lot to try to be a hero and didn't yeah. always succeed. Um, and then we open up with our main character for this story, uh, Pie Face or Tom Kalmaku, <laughs> um, and he's basically at a bar just drunk, saying Green Lantern's a fucking coward. Piece well, first of shit. it opens with his speech at the funeral. Oh yeah, it's important. And he's like, remember Hal that way. Remember him as a hero. And then he starts crying and he goes, because they don't give nice funerals for murderous cowards like Hal Jordan. And then the guys at the bar are like, you didn't say that. You're just a, you're just a wimp. Yeah. Yeah, because he didn't say that. He's basically drunk and like regretting all the good things he ever said about Hal. And he's like, like, oh yeah, at his funeral, I totally told him to fuck off. Fuck that piece also, of shit. Also, I like this joke a lot where he's like, I couldn't take it, so I paid my respects. He's power get, powerless against yellow. And it's implied that he like pissed on his grave. Yeah. yeah, and he's pouring beer as he does it too, which is also yellow. Yeah. And yeah, so he, he's basically shit talking Green Lantern at this bar and saying how he's a piece of shit and, you know, doesn't deserve any respect and whatever. And then some guy who has a Green Lantern tattoo on his fist uh, <laughs> punches him in the face and throws him out. And then he gets driven home by a cop. But it's actually how? Question mark? Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so. We get a lot of flashbacks throughout this whole story, which I really liked because I had the thing. One of the things I liked about this story in general was that I didn't know I had some context for who Tom Kamaku was from hearing Ryan talk about Green Lantern for years, but <laughs> I I didn't like know like the flashbacks are really effective at telling you or showing you how much of a 
relationship they had without having known the character actually like it's constantly yeah. like him being it's Hal Jordan being killed by like a big yellow spider and then him flying in and saving Hal by bringing him his his lantern it makes it more self-contained like you don't have to re- know Green Lantern as much to uh, appreciate their relationship because you get some of samples of it and they like lean into a lot of the like innocent Silver Agey stuff where like he beats the big spider by throwing rocks at him until Hal. What I'm wondering is because later on they do a flashback of when he fights Mongul, and the writing I thought was very like I think it's all taken from the comics that these scenes are taken from, isn't it? Yeah, I think there are there are a few flashbacks. There are specifically actual things happening in real time. Like some of them are just Tom being drunk and remembering them, and some of them are actual like stuff happening in the current moment being delivered to uh, Tom's brain, like that moment. But I'm saying, like, I think the writer specifically took dialogue from previous comics. But no, not all of them. Not all of them. Only the ones that are delivered to his brain, like that one you mentioned. The one from. But not the like, not like this spider one. I don't think. I don't think so. No, I don't think that ever happened. It still shows like uh, this. This even if they didn't have it, if you just make up, because you can assume throughout in between the comics, there's just like guys he's fighting and Tom helping him out. And you see, like, they had a good, like, he looked up to him so much. He calls him, like, the Emerald Avenger, and you could see him writing his book in the past. And now it's just him sleeping on, drooling on this book that he's given up because now he's a drunk. because in the Silver Age, he would journal all of Hal's adventures. That was, like, his role as, like, the sidekick. And so, like, sometimes he, Hal would be like, oh, what an adventure I had. And that would be the framing device for him to be like, tell me so I could put it in my journal. Yeah. And and so he's sleeping, he's drooling all over this, drunkenly drooling all over this journal now. And you hear it as answering machine, like his uh, wife and uh, saying, like you know, the kids miss you. I still love you. And he's he's angry. He just throws the phone, breaks it. And he, Do you know, the first issue where Tom met his wife, uh, he, Hal fell asleep and had a dream that Tom was a seagull, and because he was wearing his ring, he turned Tom into a seagull. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to read Green Lantern anymore. Yeah, I'm uh, done with that. <laughs> Ryan heard uh, Phil say, "I want to read comics," and Ryan's like, "No, you don't. You won't." I'm gonna bring up examples until you stop, Phil. You stop there right now. <laughs> uh, so Tom is just basically you just watch him being a drunk and losing everything in his life. He apparently is estranged from the wife and kids now. He loses his job because he just fucks up. Being he's drunk. so drunk, uh, he's uh, drunk at work and stuff like that. He can't do work anymore. Yeah, and yeah. some guy shows up at his house and is like, "Hey, I'm the executor for Hal Jordan's will." And Tom's like, no, that already happened. And he's like, this is the secret will that you know, superheroes are complicated. And he's like, all right. And he's like, here's what I'm giving you. It's a child. Yeah. <laughs> and it's apparently, it's apparently Hal Jordan's eight-year-old kid. And there's just a note that says from Hal Jordan, fix it yeah. um, to Tom. And, and for those who don't know, Tom is like his sidekick, but also a mechanic. So yeah. because Hal was a fighter pilot, he's like his mechanic sidekick who fixes every all of his problems. Which is a big theme throughout this whole story. Is like how even in these little issues where he's stuck with the giant spider or whatever it's like oh tom is there to fix it when he when hal needs it he brings the battery to charge his ring so now it's he needs to somehow fix this situation uh with this little child hal jordan who also has the great the great streak <laughs> yeah, the great streak. yeah. yeah like, it's like okay it's yeah cool. he really looks like just like hal jordan shrunk down yeah <laughs> yeah which is weird yeah and he's like i don't want this so he goes to cal Ferris and he's like um can you take this kid and then... I mean, you dated Carol, you should have him. And she, yeah, Carol's like, I, were we getting back together at the time? Is this possibly my child? Well, she would know it's not his child. No, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't take it that way. I think she would know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it's a magic. <laughs> yeah, a magic world. You can never know if it's... I, yeah, Green Lantern. Uh, that that would definitely Like, like seahorses, uh, male Green Lanterns carry the child. <laughs> and the, the, kid's, the kid's asking, too. It's like, are you mad at me? And she's like, no, why would I be mad at you? 
And as this is happening, this big, uh, yellow, like, alien creature, it looks like... It, the way it's drawn, it's it's really cool. It's like it's got like runes all over it. If it's like a big black creature with like a yellow outline around it, and just like runes written with a gr- green lantern symbol in the middle, and it wields a scythe. If anyone's played any of the Prince of Persia games, it looks just like the Dahaka. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it shows up and basically just starts attacking the house. And Marty hands Tom something, and then he like. Tom like blacks out and just remembers another flashback. This is uh, one of the memories I mentioned that he gets forced onto him. Yeah, he's just yeah. he's remembering Hal as he fought Mongol, and then when they wake up, the creature's gone, and in Tom's hand is a Green Lantern ring. Yeah, I've already um, handed him a Green Lantern ring. Yeah. So Tom's like, "Fuck this!" Uh, he goes to the Justice League and he's like, "Take this kid from me." Yeah. And then and the Justice League wants the ring handed to them because they're like, "We have no idea how Hal's illegitimate child got the ring, but this is like one of the most powerful weapons in the universe, so it should be with us." Yeah. And yeah, one like, of the things that I like thematically about this book is basically everyone talks down to Tom yeah. the whole time. Where, like, Batman's like, we don't have to ask. This is a courtesy. Know that. And, like, all the superheroes view him as just, like, Hal's little sidekick. And yet, in the flashbacks, Hal's the only one that talks to him like a friend. Yeah. yeah. No, no, everyone no, everyone uh, talks to Tom like he doesn't matter. Because in the comics, he wrote him like he doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, also worth noting that what's kind of cool is in the flashback where, he, where Hal's fighting Mongol... Like, when you when he wakes up, he's in the same position like Hal was in, like, punching with his green armor on. Yeah. So you can assume, like, maybe he's doing that stuff in real life, you know, whatever, parallels. Yeah. So the Justice League's like, yeah, just give us the ring, and Marty's, like, um, teleporting us to the moon or something, right? It just takes him to another part of the base, but then later on he teleports him somewhere else. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So, oh, there's another flashback where Tom is talking to Hal, and he's like, I want to come with you, and he's like, this is a Green Lantern Corps business. He's basically, uh, he's going on a mission to Green, Green Lantern yeah, Corps. And, and he wants to be with them. And he's like, can I ever join the Corps with you? And that brings us back to present time when he's with Kyle Rayner. Yeah. Yeah. And... That's when he gets teleported. That's uh, when he gets teleported. Yeah. Basically, Marty, the kid, is like, I don't like the Justice League. I don't want to be with them. What, what, like, what did the note say that my dad left? And Tom's like, it says fix it. And Marty says, you need to fix it because, you know, he was going to pick you as the next Green Lantern. Like, you know how whoever picks whoever, you know, how... Well, we'll reveal that later, but here they reveal that he picked him to fix, to take care of the state. But later on, they do reveal that, yes, uh, oh, he yeah. was house uh, uh, choice for the next Green Lantern. So Tom goes to the old uh, Green Lanterns, and they laugh at him, like Ryan was saying. Like, well, only guy laughs him because guy's, guy's a dick, and he's not the greatest Lantern, he sucks ass. And he says, oh, you're a piece of shit, you're a shitty character. Who Pyfix, what kind of name is that? Fuck you, Tom Calhoun. <laughs> yeah. And then... Give the kid up to the Justice League, eat shit. And again, they're like, this is superhero business. It's not for some pleb like you. Yeah. yeah. And then the Scythe creature keeps showing up, um, and then the the Green Lanterns while fighting him, uh, guy is shooting his red gun arms at him. Yeah. And he rips off the guy's arm, I think. And then they, yeah. they're like, we're out of here. Marty gives Tom the ring again, and Tom flashes back to the time when Hal offered him the ring, but he was too scared to try it. And they teleport away or something. He actually, they, uh, actually revealed that uh, Tom ran away, and, and Marty's like, the, the kid's like, why are you running away, you fucking, or are you cowards? Yeah, he calls him a coward, and he's like, my dad never would have run away. You're just a baby. Like, he always ran into danger like a real hero. I, I, don't th- I, think, he, I think he teleported away. That, like, Tom teleported, and that's why when, when you start to see these people walk out of the house of the, of the backyard. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. It's Tom's kids, and he's like, I gotta disappear, because I'm... Yeah, I gotta run away again. 
the thing I like about this scene a lot is the kid Marty doesn't know that like ha- like about Parallax. He's just like I'm Green Lantern's kid. Like, he was so brave. He never. Yeah. yeah. He was only ever a hero. He's the bravest, smartest guy ever. And uh, this is so they start arguing, and this is when Tom's like, "I'm stupid. You're right. I'm a damn idiot for letting Jordan run me around on yet another mission after what he did. Let me tell you about your brave and brilliant father, the traitorer, the murderer, and it's." Traitor, 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 <laughs> murderer, and it's like a four. It's like a three-page, full-page spread of just like all oh, of yeah. our of Emerald Twilight. I did like, like I a, did like those pages. I, I I'm not really keen on the art for this book either, but really? I really liked that splash. Yeah, I there, there's a there's a part where they show Tom and Marty talking to each other, and I couldn't determine which face was which. Like it's it's the way he draws the. Ch- the the children isn't very like um childlike like he does too much uh shading and embellishment on their facial features rather than making it round i could see that yeah like, it, it makes the children look like little men I, and that's <laughs> i i i've always have that comics always have that problem i've noticed yeah uh so yeah, then as Phil said, this is where it's revealed that the place Marty tell or the place that Tom teleported them to without thinking is his kid's house, and he like he's like we gotta get out of here, and he teleports away, and the kids are just like Dad. Yeah, yeah. it's sad. It really is sad yeah. too, especially because it's like I think I'm always kind of a sucker for the the story where you're following the guy who's just like really just giving up on everything, like the like he's just like everything is terrible. My hero is actually a mass murderer and then you have this kid who's like trying to be like no but there's good like we gotta be heroes like my dad was and he's like no like life is terrible and you even see in scenes like this where he's even you can see he's so broken that he's like running from his own kids like can't he can't even face them mm-hmm. yeah um i think it's it's pretty effective yeah. is that why you like me and sly so much yeah exactly <laughs> i like seeing you guys just being like the, the broken dregs of society <laughs> um so we flash back to when coast city was burning and Hal fights with Green Arrow because Hal was helping, like, the well-off neighborhoods. And uh, Hal's like, you know, why would we help the the, poor, the slums? Because they're the ones who started the fires in the first place. Yeah, they're, like, protesting and then fires broke out. Like, maybe they did something wrong or threw, like, Molotov cocktails. And now their their houses are burning down. This is very much a, an homage to the... the... The Green Arrow, Green Lantern Arrow, uh, we briefly talked about with uh, what John Stewart was introduced, where uh, everyone can point out how uh, how Jordan's a racist. So it's very much <laughs> in tune to when Kyle, uh, you know, Hal realized I there's societal problems that are simpler to just good and evil and shit like that, and I should stop being yeah. so judgmental. And it's cool because like he's like, why should I help them? And he's like, because you're Green Lantern. Green Lantern doesn't hold people's mistakes against them if somebody needs their help. Yeah, Tom like, says that. Yeah. Tom says that comes out. And he's like, you should just, you just say them Hal, and Hal's like, okay, I will. Yeah, and the fires yeah. are getting worse, and it's like it's this is what you do. Like you have to be a hero, and he does as because of Tom, which I thought was cool. Yeah, and then uh, Tom's like, yeah, you know, Hal fixed things on Earth by saving the by fixing the sun, but not everywhere. So let's go meet the Green Lanterns who are still alive, and none of them have rings anymore, and. So these are all the lanterns that he left in space during Emerald Twilight, except for Tomar 2, who he actually did kill. Well, until right. they revealed that uh, he didn't. and also these... Yeah, but in the context of this story. And also, this gets yeah. retconned that all these these people were actually... Basically what happens, bullshit retcon, revealed after Kyle, after Hal, uh, quote-unquote, killed the Green Lanterns, 
bad guys came in immediately and snatched up all the Green Lanterns and put them into hibernation for like ten years or whatever. Yeah. And so and, so, and like Great. all these Green Lanterns here God. were part of that retcon, by the way. So that means uh, they 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 fucked up because these Green Lanterns are, are retconned into being part of that group that was put into hibernation. Yeah, I mean, for the record, the only one who's actually from Emerald Twilight is Budokai. Everybody else are just like, this one looks like a tiger, but this guy looks like an elephant. Yeah. Like, I think the implication is just these were some Green Lanterns somewhere else that was No, but Budokai was rings. part of the... But except for Budokai... And she, said, and she says when she yeah. woke herself, like, oh, what happened to my hand? How Jordan cut her off? Well, here she's living, like, I, my, how Jordan cut my hand? I want to fucking kill that guy, like, for years. Yeah. So they fucked that up. The, and when she's talking to Marty, he's like, I could use the ring to give you a new hand. And she said, and then I'd cut it off, cut it right <laughs> off and strangle you with it. Yeah, I love that, actually. <laughs> and so they're they're standing around in this Tomar 2, like, memorial statue. And they're yeah. like, uh, yeah, fuck Hal. And some of them are like, maybe we should help Marty atone for Hal's sins. And Burka's like, yeah, fuck off, I'm not being part of this. Yeah, so only a small segment goes and with Marty, and they, they take him yeah. to a planet that has an energy problem, and like, oh, can you use your... It's Tomar 2's planet, and they basically said when he died, the whole planet fell to shit. Yeah, so to like... shit. It fell 4,000 years behind where it currently was, <laughs> which is like, I don't know if that would happen when one man dies in the... Like, well, it's a man with a green energy there. ring that can make magic happen, so I think that, that losing that as a... <laughs> that still seems egregious. No, but like, it, it, yeah, it's, how much... it's like, would you not plan accordingly in case he dies? I don't think they, they probably planned for behind. all the Green Lanterns, uh, Green Lanterns as a whole to stop existing. They probably planned for the ring to be passed on eventually, you know? And they probably based too much of the infrastructure around Green Lantern. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it could. It would make sense to be like 200 years but 4,000. <laughs> sure, but I, I think it makes sense that if this is a Green Lantern, people are always going to be too comfortable and uh, build their infrastructure. Yeah, I think it. that's fair. And so now when Green Lantern stops existing, like as a whole, as a concept, now they're like, what the fuck do we do? But anyway, uh, it's a trap, actually. They want uh, the scythe uh, creature to kill Marty. Who uh, is it revealed when it's here? Revealed that all, yeah. <laughs> all those people, that like all the Green Lanterns that were abandoned, use like black magic to resurrect uh, Kilowog yeah. yep. to like destroy all traces of Hal from, from the galaxy, which is, which is yeah. pretty cool. It's like blood magic. Like, blood, well, we want to make sure to wipe all of existence See, from... This yeah. is where I was like, I was I was kind of interested in, what was it, like, they refer to it like the Death Lantern or whatever. I was kind of interested in knowing what it was and then they were just like, uh, it's vengeance. That's it's awesome. It's a fear of, of vengeance from all the lanterns. How, build a how is that I think awesome? That's cool. when it's I think like, it's, it's cool. fucking awesome. He has oh a scythe, he's black with wounds all over him. It's fucking yeah, badass. I, 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 do you not like spirits of vengeance in fiction? I do, but when you're trying to be in a universe where like a lot of things like make sense or interlock with each other, they don't. They, they don't. Make sense. There's fucking gods and angels and shit. And There's green lanterns. I'm not, no, I'm gonna hold you assholes accountable for every comic we read after this. Now, no, no, no. For like, things don't make always, sense. There's gods. There's like you never. You always like I excuse everything now. I, I am usually Mr. Logistics over here, like, how would that work? But it's like, once a once a sci-fi or fantasy thing hits a certain level of craziness, like, if Parallax just can be Magic Man, I'm I at that point, I'm like, well, things can just happen. But you, like, you can reason it out that he walked into the lantern, he absorbed all the energy from there, and everything's dictated by God. his will. So if he wills it strong enough, it becomes reality. Whereas they're, they're just like, we just summoned up this dead guy. But in the world where God exists and angels exist, why would uh, using black arcs to make a spirit of vengeance using the the, the best friend of the the betrayer? Because he like knows badass him. That's fucking like uh, anime shit going on. That's fucking cool. Yeah, that's yeah. that's anime where like I can sit there and be like, well, this is you know, there's excuses I can make for this, or I I didn't expect to have to make excuses here for this. 
I never expect I expected better of you, Green Lantern. I don't have excuses for you. <laughs> I did. I think this is very cool, but I do want to defend Daryl a little bit here because Green Lantern has always been a sci-fi concept. So in the Golden Age, Green Lantern was a magic character, and then when they reinvented Hal Jordan, Hal Jordan Green Lantern has always been sci-fi, and it's always been sci-fi. And I do understand the jarringness of like this has been sci-fi for forty years. But now we'll just throw in a little bit of magic. I get that as... Cause especially because this book is supposed to be like a vignette recap of Hal Jordan's entire life. I understand why that is jarring. But they tap but together the arcane arts of a hundred worlds. Like I still think it's really cool. But I, I understand that critique for sure. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I can see that, I guess. I just like... I, for me, like when... Like this whole story has been so crazy with like comic stuff that I'm like... Is this the thing that I'm gonna be like? This is unbelievable. Everything yeah. else is believable, and not this. Yeah, I don't think it's unbelievable, but I do think it's a tone shift that the that like isn't all isn't perfect. The, the, for the other stuff, it feels like you could have an explanation behind it, whereas like this is just like it's it's them literally saying like it's blood magic. Yeah. Okay, so they teleport <laughs> away from this the spirit demon thing. Uh, Mario remembers now what he actually is. He's actually. The Spirit of Hal's ring given form, uh, which is weird, but the GLA come up and explain it further. They say, uh, basically after Hal died, his ring had no direction anymore. It was just like uh, this powerful entity, uh, just no, nothing to do. Yeah, so Hal had it, so much power that it became sentient. Yeah, and it had, um, it basically was feeding of Hal's dying wishes. And the reason why he kept flash, Tom kept flashing back uh, stuff was because it started feeding off Tom's mind as well. Wait, and, can I just say before we continue? Yeah. When the JLA comes to explain this, who is that man with his face smushed That's into Plastic the- Man. <laughs> oh, wait, Plastic Man. Plastic Man is like this uh, goofy Golden Age character who, one of the first, like, not one of the first, but like one of the biggest comedy superiors of the Golden Age. And he's. It, it really ruined the seriousness of the, sh- of the scene to me when you have the Justice League flying in uh, to say he's the ring given power, given shape, and there's just this guy whose face is smushed into the floor. <laughs> I'd say that's kind of awesome because, like, maybe it's because I love Plastic Man, but because uh, Justice League is usually very serious, very dry, like, uh, material. So whenever Plastic Man shows up and, like, while Batman's being like, right, we have to save the day, Superman's, like, arguing, the good of man is all that matters. And then Plastic Man sounds like, I'm going to make fart noises. I always like that yeah, levity. I love Plastic Man a lot. And the irony here is that he's super goofy throughout this book. But in Joe Kelly's Justice League, which he was writing at the time, he, like really told some super serious stories about Plastic Man and his, like, commitment issues and, like... <laughs> and how, Plastic Man like, has a dark history. Like, he was a fucking uh, ex-con who uh, died and was reborn as plastic shit. Like, uh, yeah. And, like, like, he has, like, like, a, a son that he abandoned. And, like, Joe Kelly tells all these serious stories with him. So I think he just had the soft spot where he felt like he had to include him but didn't have a role for him. So he just had him, like, smush his face against stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I like... I like Classic man, like all right, just... uh, it's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though, like, I thought that was kind of silly. This next scene is my favorite fight of the whole. Yes, yeah, it's like so. so they the GL explain everything to him, and they say, "Now give us the ring, so we can protect it." And then uh, Tom, uh, he's flashing back again, but this time he's flashing back to, to when he's talking to Hal, saying, "Hey, Hal, how would you be the GLA?" And as he's talking to Hal about how he'll be G- the GLA, uh, he starts acting it out in real life, like take out Batman first. And it attaches like a, a rocket to t- him, and he's tied yeah, to it. Yeah, rocket to him. It's just—it's so cool, like uh, how he's since Marty or whatever is this ener- this green energy. Like anything he, that Tom thinks while holding him, he can make happen too. Yeah. So like as 
as he's going through the scene, it's like, you know, the first thing I concern myself with is defense. And you see Flash and Martian Manhunter just smash into his... No, Flash smash into the shield, and Martian Manhunter can't go through the helmet they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then he's like, see ya, Batman. And he uh, puts, like, the Flash on a Mobius strip for just a second yeah. to build up enough speed to launch him <laughs> far away. Well, yeah. one of the things I like about that is that the Mobius strip is, like, kind of, like, an aesthetically appealing... Um, loop to look at where it's like a circle or like would have worked just as fine but it will look dumb seeing the flash just running in circles whereas like the mobius strip since he's going from like one side to the other side it like it's confusing him more yeah Yeah, this reminded me uh when i first read it uh years ago i mean i really thought of phil because uh when we were kids phil Phil would always be like green lantern could be everyone he he could be superman make kryptonite which is what he does here makes kryptonite with the ring superman's like oh shit it's fucking kryptonite it's (laughs) because even as a kid i'm like if you can make anything you can imagine you are you literally are like a god like yeah it's so powerful and it goes he literally just beats it's not even green lantern here it's just the power of the green lantern beating the Justice League. Like, he fights the other Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, and in his flashback, he's like, as long as you have more will to win, like, you would win that fight. And then they're like, what about Superman? And he's like, well, like Sly said, I think I could actually make Kryptonite. And in that split second that he hesitates or something... Yeah, he says, deep down, Superman's still afraid of Kryptonite. So if he sees it, he will hesitate. Yeah. Yeah. And you can use that to, like, fuck with his mind or something. Yeah, just go into his head and make him picture dead people attacking him like the people he i guess the people the people he failed that like emotionally destroys him yeah, yeah it's funny because he he physically beats everyone but superman just cries <laughs> like, <laughs> also plastic man is just laying as a big plastic noodle this whole time <laughs> well because what he does is he launches the flash on the mobile strip into everyone wonder woman and plastic man yeah, yeah. also at least regarding this i i don't want to get into a long discussion about this, but I don't really, really don't think Batman's the most dangerous one of them all. Because I don't I think he can think that fast at, at the rate at which everyone's being attacked. I don't think he's like, oh, I've actually like figured out your weakness. That's just been... one of those like fan service bullshit yeah. things. Yeah. But I do want to also point out that by launching Batman with that rocket, it makes Superman go after yeah. him yep. and save Super- him. Yeah, Superman's smart. flying in with Batman like to the in, fight. like a chair. <laughs> yeah. So now after uh, uh, Tom and the kid beat up all the Justice League members, uh, he's like, let's go to Oa, and I got something to do there. But instead, they run into Parallax. And so this uh, par- is time travel? It's, okay, so I, I'm not fully sure what happens here. Yeah, I don't really know what happens I thought either. I thought they, because he said the, the green ring can go through time. Like, I thought... I thought did they go through time though? I thought I, I thought it was just like an, an an aberration or something of yeah. The I thought so too. Power. I was I was wondering if this was actually uh, maybe even how how's ghost this specter. No, I took this as like the last thing they have to overcome is Hal's power itself. That his ring created the parallax to like as like the internal struggle between Marty and Parallax. That's, that's, oh, that's yeah, yeah, that probably is it. It's probably is it because it's, it's more. It's like we're questioning it, but it's never explicitly stated. It's more like a. Tom overcoming the evil part of Hal in this scene. Yeah, yeah. Parallax, explaining... this Parallax specifically is the evil, non-remorseful, or guilt-filled. Yeah. He calls yeah. him, like, pie-face, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He starts He starts by being a racist. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, you've never made the cut. You're a piece of shit. And then Marty, throughout this whole thing, is like, no, he chose you. Like, he wanted you to be the next Green Lantern. Don't listen to this piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, and and because uh, Hal wanted Tom to be successful because he his, his youthful innocence believed in the dream more than he, than Hal did. Like, uh, whenever Hal wavered, like, we mentioned those scenes where 
uh, Hal didn't want to save all those people, and, and Tom's like, you have to save them because that's what you do. You're Green Lantern, you save people. And so Tom was more like faithful to what a hero should be than, than Hal was a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So as 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 uh, Tom's making his realization, and uh, he's and he's he's having uh, uh, flashbacks to when uh, Parallax is flying towards uh, when Hal was flying towards Oh, what's the kill everyone in the past during Twilight Emerald Twilight. Uh, he was because he was always wondering like why didn't Hal see me? Why didn't Hal see me? Yeah, he's and, that's why he's so bitter from the beginning. He's like he he never even said goodbye or anything to me, and I was yeah. like there for him for for the, for the, the whole big thing, thing is after Coast City got destroyed, he's like why didn't Hal look for me? Yeah, yeah. and the real the real reason why in writing terms was most writers probably forgot existed <laughs> yeah. this time because I, but I, uh, this is this is the first day that I knew Tom existed where I was like who's this guy and it's like I was like he's my best friend I'm like I guess so. Yeah, but the, he was he was a long lasting character. Like it was bullshit. The writers forgot about him just because uh, they didn't like him or whatever. He and almost so, became a guardian. Yeah. So wh- what <laughs> happened was uh, <laughs> what happened was uh, how uh, he explained that how didn't go to see Tom because he knew Tom would change his mind because Tom was always the uh, his conscience basically. So and how really wanted to get revenge for Coast City. He like so, goes to his house and just watches, but he's like, I can't. Yeah, like so I said, I can't talk to him because it's the ring. He shows was, him the image of the house. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he, yeah. he's like, you might save him, and if he hears your words, looks into your eyes, he may not be able to leave. Like he won't be able to go do what he thinks he needs to do if he talks to you. Yeah, so then which I think ta- is a this is a great scene. Okay, yeah, I think I, it's yeah. a beautiful scene. I like I I I get the the reluctance because it is all just retconning bullshit but like like Sly always says if you can take a dumb stupid thing from 30 years ago and turn it into something beautiful now shouldn't we appreciate its beauty now that's what I think but, yeah um, <laughs> but but Tom like visualization takes the lantern and he strips Parallax of all his power now he looks like it looks like Hal and will have his mask on and uh, he basically starts acting sentimental Hal saying like I, I, he starts talking to him saying I was angry at you but uh, you did give me. I, I hate what you became, but you gave me something to believe in. So and he hugs uh, the vision of Hal, and and they go with Kelowak, who now mellowed out a bit, and uh, Tom goes to Owa now with Harlax no longer bugging him, and he he reforms Owa as it was. And he's, with, he's with this demon thing too, and the yeah. demon's like, "I think I'm supposed to kill you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like, "Uh, okay." <laughs> well, he even he says he's like, "Can you just let me do one thing? And if it doesn't work, you can kill me. You can shish kebab yeah. us both." He says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then after all was reformed, he gives her to Kilowog, and Kilowog is like, "This just means the uh, Green Lanterns are back." And, and Tom's like, "Yeah," and. Uh, Kilowog flies off the ring, be like, "Woohoo!" I mean, it's cool. He's remaking. It's Tom remaking. While crying, remaking Oa, giving the Green Lantern oath that he always want he always wanted to be part yeah. of this. You know, it's it's really yeah, nice. and he remade the Green Lanterns, and finally he it ends with him hugging Marty goodbye, and on Earth he meets uh how how is a Spectre uh they confirm it's a Spectre because he turns into Spectre before he teleports away, but uh, he, he I was says, so confused about that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but this, this is actually this is the actual Ghost of Hal and Hal uh, hugs Tom. Before Tom goes to rejoin his family. One thing I appreciate about this is even though like Green Lantern as like the Spectre and everything is kind of a complicated comics thing right now, the story itself barely like it references yeah. it enough, but it really doesn't hinge on it at all. I didn't yes. know and I didn't care that much. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> it's easy to just look past it. This is more, it's more, more it's more like I feel like this is more of an emotional based story where you're trying to capture emotion rather than trying to yeah. 
think about the logical way things work. And that might yeah. be a turn-off for Daryl, but I think... <laughs> I like it. I really like well, it. Well, anyway, like so it. how does the story actually end? I, and as I said, he goes. To, Tommy joins his family after hugging the real hell goodbye. Yeah. It's nice. The kids are in the house saying, oh, I broke it. It was an accident. And then he walks in and says, don't worry. Daddy can fix that. Yeah, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice, that's a nice thing. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Makes me feel good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Daryl, what's your final critique? I don't like this story, and I messaged to them that I think this is one of the worst comics I read that's this year. You still so feel that way? I'm, I'm going to add an addendum. I don't think it's the worst. It's one of my least favorite i've read this year that's really you guys made i i i rarely unless you really like stupid shit but even then i like nemesis oh, if, you're, if you're an idiot and you like dumb stuff <laughs> how is like this being... stupider than like, no i i know I, I, i'm not calling this stupid the problem is it this doesn't hit the notes that i want it to hit and it goes off into too much magic territory and i feel like its ultimate catharsis isn't good that the idea that that the the child or the ring came to tom to reconstruct Oa is really, it it feels like it cheapens Tom's experience where like, I got into this because I'm like, oh, Tom was his best friend and now he's like, he's crippled by despair and alcoholism at this idea of not only losing Hal, but having to come to grips with what Hal was. And when he meets the illegitimate son, it's like, he has to explain to him Hal's life and everything. And I was like, I was totally on board for that kind of stuff. It's like, he needs to tell his son what Hal is and what he's done and everything. And through that device, he'll come to understand Hal better himself and grapple with it. But instead, the story actually, it's, it, it keeps changing. Like, it introduces the thing that's hunting them. I'm like, okay, there could be a good reason why this thing's going around. Instead, it's just the spirit, the spirit of vengeance. Of vengeance the and then reason. the kid's revealed to be just the ring's will. So it's like not even his son. It's just like it's part of Hal, but not... Hal, but like it embodies the Green Lantern. It's the good really... stuff in Hal. Yeah, it's just a. It's the it's yeah, the, but the, it's and the, then Parallax yeah. shows up, and he has to like it. It just feels like too many contrivances to try and push like a, a big fight where I wanted a smaller story, like like how Hal was going through um, the first issue we read, where he recreates Coast City and everything, where it's like that feels like it makes sense within that world, and I I like the emotional points it hits. Whereas here, this is that it culminates in the creation of Oa and giving Kilowog a ring. And then suddenly, like, that's him understanding more about the Green Lanterns. I, I just didn't enjoy it. Okay. And, and, and the fact that it ends, it ends on such a positive note and that he gets to see Hal again. Like, I feel like comics have a real difficult issue grappling with portraying loss and showing how difficult it is to overcome stuff like that, like alcoholism, like depression, like one of your friends betraying you. It's, it really doesn't portray it. Like, it, it goes too far in one direction of, like, everything's okay or, like, everything was all right with what you are now. Whereas, like, I really like... He, say, he says at the end, I, I hate I hate you, Hal, but you gave, like, you did give me something to believe in. Like, he says, like, I still hate you, yeah. but you gave me something to believe in, so I have to appreciate what you gave me. Like, he says, like, I still hate you. He doesn't say I love you, Hal. That, that's true. I, I kind of wish Hal didn't just wasn't. Yeah, I wish he was still dead. Like I do agree with that part where like he, I think he can still fight with the bad of Hal and Parallax in that weird Parallax thing, and the good of Hal in the in the Marty character. But like, you don't need to actually bring Hal back for that. Like and the problem can, is like this, Hal is already back at this time. Like Hal came back two years before this. Uh, and if you had a, no, if you had a no, this came out before Hal was revived. No, no, I mean Hal came back as Spectre. Before oh, this. I see what you're saying. Two yeah. years before this, and um. 
if they didn't have Hal, comic book fans would just be like, the story sucks, where's Hal? Like, there's no Hal at all, he's not part of it, so it all story sucks. So, like, it might, it might suck for us, but, like, if they didn't acknowledge you at all, people at the time would just have been pissed off. So, you know, you, can, you, you can't win yeah, either. Yeah, it's always the difficulty of, like, I would have liked a more nuanced and, like, combat less. Like, as fun as the Justice League stuff was with them. That's the only big fight, really. It's the only big fight. (laughs) But there is this constant guy showing up and, like, slashing at everybody all the time. Yeah, and also the Justice League stuff, like, I I was trying to reconcile. It's like, why wouldn't they why wouldn't Tom give him the ring? Like, these guys are good guys. We know they're good guys. Like, we're on their side. And then when the fight, like, to protect the ring comes, it just, it really feels like it was put in there specifically for, like, what if Hal Jordan fought the Justice League? Could he, like, beat them as a Green Lantern instead of Parallax? Like, it felt like it was exercising those kind of muscles rather than trying to tell a a story that made sense with, like, why wouldn't he use them to help him decide what to do with Marty? Because Marty says, like, he doesn't, he doesn't want to do... He says, like, the Justice League all look like they're judging him. And I think it's referencing the fact that they all view him as another extension of how They all talk down to him. They and, also don't even wait. Like, it's not like he... It's not like they... Like, they start talking to him, and then immediately, it seems like Flash just runs at him. Like, it seems like it's a defensive thing, where the first thing that happens is uh, Superman's talking to him, Flash is charging him, and then he grabs Marty and then makes the bubble, and then it, like, escalates. Yeah, they, they, all, they all judge him as because of Hal, I think. And the point is, like, uh, Marty doesn't want to deal with that shit while he's trying to uh, carry out Hal's wishes when you have all these fucking heroes just trying to fucking uh, take control of the situation just because they don't trust Hal. I definitely understand where Daryl's coming from, though. I think this is one of my favorite Green Lantern stories. But for, like, I understand where when they're doing such a, like, unexpected superhero story of like what happens to the sidekick who like mm-hmm. was optimistic about it and like he lost his job he lost his family he's an alcoholic and then that does get pushed to the side for the superheroics for the tropes and stuff and i still really like it because i think it stands out more in superhero comics than it does in comics in general but i definitely understand like it gets into the territory of like the indie books that daryl and i love and cry yeah. over all the time but it doesn't go all the way and the resolution is a superhero resolution not I disagree I completely disagree I completely disagree with both of you because uh, the superhero fight starts Kilowog and Palace are fight and they start ignoring it and focus on Tom that's true uh, that uh, is true like, I mean yeah. that that's after he fights the entire Justice League though but that's a that's a that's two two pages you know every Kilowog appearance is really fast really brief I think they did just he slashes once to keep them moving and then they yeah. they teleport somewhere that means something to Tom like it's a hundred it's 106 pages. Killbot's only there to uh, keep the keep to make a threat that they, they have to. They can't just stay in one place. They have to keep moving, like like Phil said. It's not like they stop for an I fight scene every couple pages. Killbot shows up. They have to move again, and Killbot shows up. They have to move again. That's all he really does in the story. And especially in a graphic novel where you have the pages and the time to do more action, the fact that most of the fight scenes are only a page or two is. I it's think a, that, it, that gives it's a over 100 credit. pages. This comic and there's very little of it is actually fighting. Yeah, and like. I, I don't know. I, F- I fighting think... fighting's not like my only problem with it though. Like I can concede yeah. on that point where it's like you're you're right that it is a minimal part of the story, but I I just don't like where it goes with Tom, especially that it, it does feel very hero focused. Where it's like you know how you said that no one believed in Tom except Hal. Then at the end he ends up creating the entire world of Oa again based on like his own inner strength rather than the story being about like what do the heroes on the sidelines that try and morally align the actual action doers like what is their life like what is their importance because it's important like the how you brought up that 
like how couldn't go see Tom because he would have been swayed. It's like that's really cool. That is an important thing to point out that Tom has that influence over him. That it's like he is an integral part of Hal's life because he could do something like that to him. Right? I like yeah. I like that in the, the non the non action stuff regarding the sidekicks about the way they make them better. The heroes. I I think that's what the story's about. I think. I think that's the title of the story is about what what, what mm. Tom meant to Hal. I, I think that's that's why this is one of my favorite stories we've done for the show. Me yeah. too. If I'll have to think. We can go on forever on, on yeah, this. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not like Ryan. I, I'm like Ryan's like I can see where you're coming from. I don't see where you're coming from at all, right, Daryl. So <laughs> no, I completely agree. I, I kind of don't either. I, I'm trying really? to, but I just I I think this is such a great like a beautiful story. I, yeah, it's I, hard. I I, I can get the few of the points. Like it is superhero-y, but it's like a superhero comic. Like. Of course it is. It's very. It's it's not even that superhero-y for. Uh, no, it's not. Especially for a time. To, for a Green Lantern comic, I'm like, yeah. There was actually not that much Green Lanterning happening. It's it's very much of him talking with this this kid who ends up yeah being a magical thing. But it's it's the discussion that matters. I mean that really. that's. Uh, I think we go forever on this. I don't think we're gonna yeah. change anyone's mind. I mean, we're allowed to disagree on a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're allowed. Okay. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah. We can't. <laughs> we have to vote until it gets voted off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Whatever. Are we done? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We cool. said our pieces. But, yeah. So, uh, thank you guys for listening. While you're hanging out and finishing up this episode, you should go on iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to us. It helps a lot. And also on ComradeRadio.com, I just did a Thanksgiving episode with Helen from Falling in Love Montage about all the things we're grateful for. And uh, it's really sappy and great, so you should check that out. So, uh, thank you all for listening. I've been a pink alien torsion in hell for giving Hal a ring. <laughs> I've been a pizza face. I've been a noodly plastic man. And I'm Pharaoh, flying into the sun. Stay in continuity. Um, Radio. Com, independent podcasting network.